Hello and welcome to Extraordinary, the podcast that puts a spotlight on ordinary people who have gone on to do extraordinary things. This week, I'm joined by Sophie Cobden and Talia Sinclair, who talks to me about their blogging career focused all around their beautiful babies, Blake, Callie and Story. As sisters-in-law, Sophie, a life coach, and Talia, a sleep consultant, reveal the secrets to Instagram success and how they've managed to build a thriving community online through Bonded by Babies. I also asked the question about their childhood and how they think that may have affected them as mothers, which has revealed quite a bit, so make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end. Thank you so much, Talia and Sophie, for always bringing so much energy. I'm so glad you came on. Enjoy the show. Talia and Sophie, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm so excited to have you on, mainly because I know absolutely nothing, nothing about childhood and motherhood and married life and all the things that I feel I should be living and breathing, but just a million miles removed from from my life. Um, to give everyone a bit of an overview, you you are the founders, the owners, the directors, the, the head honchos of, of Bonded by Babies. So I'll hand over to you to tell everyone kind of who you are and what Bonded by Babies is. Okay. Hello. Thanks for having us on your podcast. Um, so my name is Sophie. Um, I've just turned 30 and I am a mum to my little girl called Callie Mia. And she's uh, 20 months exactly. Um, And we decided, well, it's been since we've been sister-in-laws. So many people have said to us, you guys need to go on TV. You guys have got the most amazing bond. I'm so jealous of your sister-in-law togetherness and uh, energy and connection. You're so funny together. Do something. And then that's when we decided that um, we should start with some sort of blog and blog our everyday life. Because even before we started the blog, we had so many friends, which is so lovely and positive to say, oh, I need your advice on this or I need your advice on that. So we thought, well, why don't we set up a blog? And that's what we did. Yes. Hi, I'm Talia, Sophie's sister-in-law. I have two babies. Blake Valentine is going to be three in March and Story is six months. He's the boy. Um, We started Bonded by Babies. I think Blake was about 20 months and Callie was four or five months-ish. Yeah. Um, We just started it for a bit of fun, didn't we? The Instagram page. um, Our collection didn't exist at this point. It was just for fun, our blog. And it kind of really took off from there. And I think when I got pregnant a year, no, I got pregnant as soon as we started the blog in like, we started in October, I think I got pregnant in November, with my six month old now. Um, That's when it really took off when we had two little girls, and then we were having a little boy. And obviously, there are similar blogs out there, where two people run them together. But because my kids look like Sophie and she's not there. (laughs) I feel like that makes us a bit niche and a bit different. Yes, because obviously I have three children, Blake Valentine being my first. She is the absolute (laughs) in every single way. She just is. Yeah, we just started it as a bit of fun, something to do, something to blog. It was really awkward when you have your own personal Instagrams. It's like, all right, we've seen your child. 
she's very beautiful, but you don't need to show us all day long. Whereas if you've done a blog, you can post as much as you want. And if you don't like, follow. <laughs> so that's why we did it. So, so, so I guess that's the question then. So you started it as a blog. Now, obviously, obviously we've all been there. We've all seen it as well. Like people set up Instagram pages and all of a sudden they think they're an influencer, right? They're like, I'm going to set up this page and I'm just going to put whatever I want out there and I'm going to be famous and I'm going to get a blue tick and I'm going to like do all this stuff. So, and there's a lot of like anxiety, I guess, that comes with that because you're like, oh my God, everyone's going to judge me if this flops. I'm like under the bus and they're all going to talk about me and you have that like fear of failure. Yeah. Um, what, when you were like, okay, we're, we're sister-in-laws, we've got a niche, we, our lives are really fun. How long did it take you to actually set up the page? Like what were the risks? What, we, what was going through your head? We, were you worried or were you like feeling confident about, you know, you knew it was going to be a success? Um. Well, speaking personally, I don't know if you feel the same way, Sophie, but we set it up in half an hour. We were just chilling together. We thought, let's do this. This will be fun. We thought of a name. We actually, It was going to be cuter by the cousin, but then we thought, no, because that's implying that one baby is cuter than the other. <laughs> by babies. Which actually, Josh, my husband, yeah. came up with it. Yeah. And as he said it, we were just like, oh yes, my God, it yes. just works. It just fits exactly who we are and what we're about. Yeah. So. I never considered feeling that embarrassment if it didn't take off, though. I I kind of assumed that it would be our mums, our cousins, our siblings and our close friends that would follow us. I would never have thought that a year later we would have the amount of followers that we have now. It's not just about the, the amount of followers, though. It's about the like community and the relationships the that engagement. we Yeah, it's literally about the engagement. I don't... So, sorry. So, yeah, so, so I, I'm really interested then in what, how you did that because getting good content and getting people to engage with content is the hardest part. It's so easy to take pictures and upload it. Yeah. But what is it about your blog that has made it so successful? And I guess the second question to that, is it a blog? Like, how do, how do you position it? Is it a business? Is it a blog? Is it like, what, what, what is it that you do? It started off definitely as a blog, but me being a sleep consultant, a pediatric sleep consultant, and Sophie being a life coach, I think that kind of drags people towards us because we get loads of questions, sleep-related questions. And business through and, it. Yeah, and business through it. And I think that that I think that what we started has kind of morphed into something completely different. I think we started as a bit of fun and kids bouncing off each other. Now it's more of like a lifestyle about us, about our lives, about the sleep training and the life coaching. And now our collection as well all ties into one. It is full on. It is a constant. constant. And we always said when we started it, we don't want to be on our phones all the time. We don't want to be walking down the high street blogging about Blake Valentine walking past Nando's. Like we did not (laughs) ever want to be one of them. And we, I really do believe, and people may think different, we are not on our phone all the time. If I'm out with a friend and we're in a park with the kids, I'm not constantly on my phone. My phone is in my pocket. Like we've always made sure that if we start this, that we're not just doing any, just uploading things for the sake of it. It's got to be content that we like and that people want to see rather than just anything that 
we need to keep it going. If we haven't got anything to post that day, we won't post yeah, it. Yeah, that's why sometimes we go quiet for a day because we've got nothing we've got nothing exciting going on, just like everybody else. We live our normal lives. So we'd better, we we feel it's better not to post time fillers than to po- not post at all. It's better mm. not post at all than to post time fillers, yeah. I mean. So, so and I, and I guess there is a lot of that out there, isn't there? You see people posting all the time about utter nonsense. And it, I guess I'm questioning, oh, are you doing that because you think that's how the algorithm works? Are you meant to post like X stories a day and Y number of posts to the grid and stuff? So the, que- the next question is, well, w- was there a business plan? Was it like, we're going to do this type of content and we're going to curate it and it, and we're going to have one of um, Callie on a bench and we'll have one of Blake doing some keep baking or is it literally, we're going to live our normal lives and we're just going to snap and basically wing it? Totally that. I mean, Tally will deny it because she doesn't want to, because she just won't, but because obviously I'm obsessed with my firstborn, Blake. She is bloody fantastic. She's brilliant. She's smart. She's hilarious. People love watching her. And at the end of the day, although we make it about us and our kids, and obviously Callie is just very cute and funny as well, she she runs the show and people love it. I mean, we get most of our responses when she's up when we upload her. She's brilliant. And guilty. Guilty. <laughs> there you go. So it just shows yeah. and people say it. And that's great. We've got our core who's Blake Valentine, and then we have everything else that works. <laughs> that is so, so for those who, who aren't following Bonded by Babies, you should. Um, and no disrespect, because Blake Valentine is a superstar. Like, she is absolutely hilarious. And Talia, I don't know why you haven't signed her up, because she definitely needs some sort of contract. And Callie will too, by the way, Sophie, but at the moment, it That's is Blake. Okay. Let's be honest, she takes after you with the theatrical. She's very, very, very dramatic, which um, she has been since she came right out. So, (laughs) um, but no, she she is the core. And obviously the way that we're continuing with our blog or whatever you want to call it is we try different things. We're currently going more into interior at the moment because Tally has just moved house. People seem to love that. There's going to be people that don't. Yeah. Um, but we try different things to see what works. Um, and so far it's, it's working really well for us and we're really, really enjoying it. We do. We do really enjoy it. And I think that's what the difference is between our blog and work, even though it is work, it's, it's not. We love it. And that and that is one of the most incredible things to have is to d- enjoy something that you do every day. Um yeah. and not and not a lot of people can say that. So all the all the credit to you. Um f- from a content perspective, then do you look at anyone else like from the lifestyle side of things and think, oh, because because again, I come back to this idea of, well, if you are a baby blog and you're talking about motherhood, childhood, all that kind of fun stuff, and then all of a sudden you're posting interiors, was that a risk for you? Or just like, no, that is absolutely who we are, and we're just going to do it? No, we just we just wing it. We, we don't really have a plan. We don't... There's no plan, but we do... We do kind of like with our um, grid post, we, we say, okay, well, if Callie's had a photo today, then tally it's your turn to have one we kind of like mix it up because we don't want it to be samey same but when it comes to the stories 
Like I might not go on for two days because I've got absolutely nothing to to show. And, and you know, Tally is doing here what and everything at the moment. So we kind of don't wake up in the morning and say, right, today, you're going to post all about interior. And this evening, I'm going to post about mental health. Like we don't do no. that. It kind of whatever comes our way and what we have to show, we will. Yeah. Amazing. So one of the most powerful things about your blog, I'm going to call it a blog because that's how you called it at the beginning. So, and but I guess it's an Instagram page is the the engagement, the sense of community. And you, I see in your stories, you're asking questions. Sophie, you record yourself up at 3am, 4am, not sleeping. Uh, you're asking for advice around how to help you, like mental health related issues, stress, work, life balance. How do you think you've managed to not just build the sense of community, but really drive such high engagement? I think the way we do that is being completely real. Like at the end of the day, Tally is a trained sleep consultant, but there's still going to be times where Tally will wake up at 4.30 in the morning and no one can control that. She's a human being. And that's where I, what I have, that's what everyone has to understand. People like to relate to you. So, you know, when I put up a post the other day saying being up since 4.45, I must have had 10 people reply within five minutes saying, same, what the hell's going on? Mm -hmm. And people like to think, oh my God, I'm not the only one that's up at 4.45. Why is my child not doing the seven till seven? She's wired that way. She's an early riser. I'm very lucky that Callie sleeps through. Uh, Tally has trained me in regards to Callie's self-settling and things like that. So it's no issue throughout the night. She just likes to wake up early. Not all the time. We had 6.40 a.m. this morning. Wow. Yeah. I, forgot to, I know. I know. <laughs> when it's good, I don't talk about she it. When does. it's bad, I talk about it. But um, we just want to be honest. We want to be real. That's who we are. Um, don't get me wrong. There's not all the time where we're going on and we're completely bare-faced. Filter definitely does the trick sometimes. But at the same time, we're not always doled up to go on. We're not always saying, oh, life is so perfect. We're just being real with it. And people like that back. And that's where we've built such a community because people ask our advice um, because we're being real. And I think that's what why, why it's working really well for us. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. And at what point did you... At what point did the penny drop? Was it like a certain amount of followers you got? Was it a conversation you had with someone? Was it people DMing you with, you know, paid promotion? Which is like, for me, in my head, that's like when you know you've made it, right? Someone's going to give you money to upload a picture is like, in my head, a dream. Um, um, what was it? What Was there a moment? Or maybe there wasn't. It started there might quite be, early. There might, it might be different for you, but I, I was... I. I was in the park with Blake, um, queuing to get her an ice cream. It must have been in the summer. And these two girls standing in front of me kept turning around and looking at me and then and, and whispering. And I was looking at Blake like, what, what if I, has mummy got something on her face? What, <laughs> anyway, she was like, oh my God, you're from Bonded by Babies. And oh my God. Me, I was like, what? the hell is going on I phoned Sophie I was like oh my god these girls recognize me in the park we yeah we get that a lot yeah now. it's really funny and it seems ridiculous because we haven't got millions of followers but because we live in that sort of community 
someone came up to the other day, you don't know me, but I just want to say I absolutely love your daughter. She's so cute. And I'm like, uh, thank you. This is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, so. That, I think I think that's when I realised that it wasn't just a blog for us and that it was other people enjoy following us as well. And, and how many how many followers did you have at that point? Um, I'd say we probably had like 5,000 followers at that first wow. It's happened quite a few times in the last six months since yeah. then. But when it comes to the paid things, I mean, obviously that's a big buzz buzz because that's our business. And it's amazing when brands contact us and say, hey, we would love to work for with you. And we're like, oh, yeah. my God. But, you know, we're not going to lie. We're being real. And people can say it. When we first started, we would contact brands and we'd say, hi, we're new to this. It's a we would, proper grind. Yeah, like. we would love to collaborate with you. Is there anything that we can work on with you? And now we've got to the point which is so lovely and rewarding and refreshing where brands contact us. Yeah. Hey, we've come across you. You'd fit our category so well. We'd love to work with you. So it's really, really re- rewarding and um, really but enjoyable. That side of things, I do believe, is just like any other job. You put the work in yeah. and you're going to reap the benefits. Just like if you go to your office and you do your work nine till five, you get paid at the end of the month. So yeah. I feel like as someone who now blogs but didn't used to, when I look at other people getting paid ads and, and gift, being gifted stuff, I used to look at it and be a bit like, how come I don't get that stuff? But <laughs> working and you you will. And we do get that. We do get we that do a get lot from friends. Commonly, really. yeah. Just say, oh, how come you've got that? Why why couldn't I get something like that? And we want to literally turn around and be like, hun, wake up <laughs> in the morning and start your blog. Yeah. And work all day and work together. No one's with it. stopping them. No, not at all. But it's just like if things don't come on a plate and we it, know that it from look, this. It looks like it does. And I can understand that, but, yeah. but it doesn't. No. No, I, 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 and the funny thing is, is that I, I watch, I follow a lot of people with a lot of followers and I am influenced, you know, you are promoting products that actually yeah. are the right category and you're presenting it to people who are in the market for, I don't know, like a, a nappy rash cream or whatever it is that you're, you're promoting because, and it worked. It's a winning formula at the end of the day these brands wouldn't contact you unless you had something to offer them in return. And clearly you do, and it works. So again, congratulations and all the more for you, uh, credit to you. Um, how do you then, how do you cope with, with living a normal life and, and constantly having to think of content and potentially d- replying to DMs, et cetera? Like, um, how is that side of things? With, with DMs, we we reply to the people that have replied to our particular story. So if I put something up of Blake, I'll reply to that DM. Sometimes Sophie will pick it up if I'm really busy, but mostly we reply to our own content separately. Um, And in terms of thinking of content, I think because we have three children between us, we always have a lot going on. And because we're sister-in-laws and we see each other every single day, we're always together. We're always able to create stuff. It's not, it's not forced at all. It just is, it's just organic growth. In my opinion, if my daughter's doing ballet in front of me, I think it's cute. I record it. A lot of other people think it's cute. The same way when Callie's eating, people love watching Callie eat. <laughs> it's like her. a thing. <laughs> Though that is that is really true. And I feel that because there are two of us, we try and answer everyone and everything yeah. because we've got each other to, to support. I mean, there's been times where we've messaged large accounts and they're just on their own and they may reply 
six months later. Yeah. We like, make no we make sure we get through we, yeah. every single one. Yeah. But we that's as Talia said, because we've got each other, that really, really helps answer everyone and keep on top of everything. I also think that helps with the content. Definitely. Because on a day that you're off, I'm on. We've got five individuals that we can upload. At any time. At any time. We're not one person on their own having to do it all about them or one person and their child. There are five of us. Yeah. So we can really equally spread it out and it it really helps, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does. Yeah. And, and And what you're saying there then is actually because there's two of you and there's three kids... You fit. You actually don't feel the pressure of having no. to be glued to your phone. You've like got double the time, right? Because it's two of you. Yeah, yeah. And what about your social life? Like, if um, how do you balance? Like, obviously, being a mum is a full time job. Having this constantly going on is also another job. But you also are therapists. You you have a, a a paid day job as well. So yeah. how 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 do you find on the mental health side of things? balancing all three and you know making sure there's food on the table and you've both got husbands etc how, how how does that feel um I feel like I personally do struggle with that that's something I'm really grappling with at the moment because we've pulled Blake out of nursery and she doesn't have a nap during the day so I have her for the entire day on my own not including the baby um and then my clients as well I feel like sometimes I, I don't ever have time for myself or my friends. And that is, the balance is off at the moment. And sometimes that's a conversation I have to have with Ben, my husband, where, you know, what can we do to try and make this a little bit more, um, you know, fair? Because he's working as well, but he's employed by somebody else. We're almost self-employed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the childcare and stuff falls on just us. And then where do friends even slot in there? I don't know. (laughs) For me, with obviously the job that I do and the clients that I speak to, um, structure is key for your mind. So for me, I will make a plan for my day when I have clients, when I have Callie, when she's not at nursery, Mm. when I see friends. I try the night before or a couple of days before work out a plan because I can't, we're in a, we live a life where everything is so here, there and everywhere. We're not waking up and doing a nine to five. So in my head, I have to structure that the right way in order to cope for the next day. You're much better at that than I am. I'll give you a session. (laughs) I'll work out for you. (laughs) You always have everything under control. And I'm like, I can't go. No, listen, we we help. And, you know, if I say to Tally, I think we should do this. And she's, you know, saying, I haven't had one minute. I'm too stressed. No problem. Yeah. We'll do it another time. It's, it's true. not an issue. Yeah. We, we bounce off each other. We help each other in that yeah. sense. Amazing. And on the point of you, you having clients then, I'm really interested in how you both, because you both have quite similar jobs, or at least from my perspective, it's similar. You're both helping people who have issues mm-hmm. on, a, on a one-to-one therapeutic basis. So yeah, how, well, that's what I'm here for, guys. Um, <laughs> so how did, how did you land yourself? I'll start with you, Talia. How did you land yourself as a sleep consultant? Um, so I had, I didn't even know what a sleep consultant was until I had Blake and I felt that everyone around me, their baby slept seven till seven. My baby didn't sleep through the night until she was seven months old. I hired a sleep consultant within a half an hour, um, phone consultation. 
I understood the science behind the way babies sleep. I didn't even know there was a science behind the way babies sleep. It baffled me and fascinated me within how many a day, two days, she was sleeping through the night, tiny little tweaks to her routine. It changed my life. It changed my relationship with her. It changed my relationship with motherhood. It changed everything. And I didn't realize until I had her how valuable sleep was. And I do think if I do say so myself that I have like a knack for it. I do. I love it. And I was just fascinated by the whole thing. I decided to do the training. I started the training when Blake was one and I finished it just before I gave birth to Story. And I am very, very lucky that I do have, I don't, I don't, I don't look for them, do I? They come to us through Instagram mostly or recommendations. I have a lot of clients and I have to do them in the evenings because there is no other time in the day that I'm child free. But I, I love it. I, I love it so much. I give so much free advice to our followers because I Which know. Which really annoys me, it by annoys the way. Her so much. She hates it. She's like, it's cheeky. Charge, charge them, charge them. Don't do it for free. But if I can help them over message in a 30 second reply, I'm happy to do it. It takes no time. And I know how valuable it is to change people's sleep because you can't function without sleep. So I, it's something I am so happy I did, so happy, and I love it so much. That's amazing. I mean, I'm sure if my like my mum's listening, she would very much have. Well, maybe I, I had the worst sleep. I didn't. I don't think I slept through the night until I was like twelve, wow. and I still don't sleep. That's I wake up at like now. Say that again, sorry. So say, how's your sleep now? Has that changed? Terrible, terrible. I, I publicize how awfully I sleep all the time. I think I have on average around, well, you you guys are probably worse, so it's not going to sound that, that bad compared to mums, but I'm on like four or five hours a night sometimes. No, you're worse. That's not, that's that's much worse. That's, <laughs> that's tragic. I mean, my kids sleep, but. Yeah. So so what's the difference? So when you're, when you're, being a sleep consultant, when someone is paying you to be a sleep consultant, do you, assuming it's all Zoom now, it has to be Zoom now. So are you literally sitting down as if it's like a therapy session? They're like talking through uh, what they do at night. And then the idea is, is that you tell them ways in which they can change their behavior in order to help their kids sleep. Yeah, I do an, a huge overview, even dating way back to their pregnancy and birth the nursery setup, what they use, what they don't use. It even goes down to if the baby is weaning, how many portions of protein they have a day, sleep-inducing foods, things wow. that keep them full through the night. Like it, There are so many um, factors that go into good, decent sleep. So you have to really like peel back and find the problem. And, and if also, you... Sorry. I was going to say, if you weren't a sleep consultant, what would what would you be doing? Because I always remember as as a kid, you were you were going to be a teacher. Like it was set in stone from when you were like ten years old, you were going to be a teacher. I was a teacher. Um, I for six years was a special needs one to one teacher with a little boy. I went through from reception to year five with him when I then left when I had my kids. Um, that is something I definitely will go back to because I loved every single day of that. I found it the most rewarding job. It was just amazing. And I, when my kids are at school, that's something I'm going to revisit for sure because I miss it a lot. And I love being at home with my kids, but I do, I, I, I really, really do miss it. And I think that that has kind of shaped the mum that I am because I, I noticed things in Blake that 
I wouldn't have known to look for if I hadn't had that training. Um, so I definitely will go back to that. I love it. Love Amazing. It. And Sophie, you're, you're a, can I say a trained life coach? I'm a certified NLP life coach. Wow. Tell us a bit about that. So it's something I've always wanted to do. It runs in the family business. My grandpa is currently 96 and still has phone calls for help. So um, he fascinates me and my mum's been doing it for years and years and years. And it's always something I wanted to do, but I I knew that I needed my own life experiences in order to support and help others. If I lived a, a happy dandy life, how can I support anyone else? I'm not textbook at all. I don't know the lingo. I'm purely someone that can, as Talia said, with sleep, peel back, find out where these issues and situations come from, and then we work on it from there. I love it. I work in a couple of schools, which are currently remote at the moment. So I work with all different types of students, um, ones that just need a bit of um, have self-esteem issues, ones that have autism Um just they're working on their coping mechanisms, you know, making them feel happier and making them feel that they've got someone that they can speak to whenever they need it. Um, and then coming from, from working from the schools, I also have private clients, which I've gained a lot through blogging, um, which is fantastic. And because it's all about recommendation at the end of the day. So um, really, really enjoying it. Could do with some more work, but I have a good few private clients at the moment and students, but who doesn't want more work? So yeah, really, really enjoying it. I'm so happy that I um, went down that path. I also trained whilst I was pregnant with Callie for nine months. And the second she was born, I was still carrying on training. And then I qualified when she was about two months and I started work straight away. Amazing. Good for you. you. I'm really, really interested. And and I'm I'm not sure why I have such a deep interest in this topic, but I do. And it's something that I've been asking everyone on there on the, on this podcast is around how much of your childhood has impacted or affected who you are today as an adult. Um, And I, and I, it might, it's one of those things I'm not sure everyone has reflected on, but I certainly have. And I just wondered if you guys felt you had a really positive, happy upbringing, and that's definitely affected who you are as mums, or vice versa. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> Me again. <laughs> I had a fantastic upbringing in regards to having a very secure family, having parents being spoiled, having what I want, um, but learning the hard way, not just getting everything given on a plate. But in regards to life experience, which I will, which I will share with you later, um, I've, I've come across a lot of challenges in my life in regards to um, jealousy, bullying, religion, boyfriends, um, relationships, friendships, which absolutely has made me who I am today I used to be exceptionally uh really uncomfortable around people I only had friends that were guys because obviously because of my twin brother I used to hang around with all his friends I did never had a girl group friend look friendship found it very difficult to make friends with girls found them very very intimidating and guess who I used to find really intimidating 
this one over there. I'm genuinely the intimidating <laughs> I, person. Uh, I don't know why. I didn't. I only knew of her, and I just found Hallie so intimidating. I was just. I don't know. I could. I never found myself until I went to Israel and I went on a tour. So that's at sixteen. Sixteen. That's when I started having a few girlfriends, and then I met my group of girls, which was still very, very close. And that's where I started realizing, you know what? I feel intimidated by a whole bunch of people, but now that I've got my own girl group, I'll just be exactly who I am. And if they like me back, they like me back. And if they don't, see ya. <laughs> and since then, that has absolutely changed me. So yes. So when you were so when you were pre-16. Are you saying that you didn't feel 100% comfortable in your own skin? Yeah, completely. You f- didn't know well, who I was. I was really, again, I'll go into it a little bit more, but I was really well-loved and popular at primary school. And I think I think people just love the fact that Ben and I were twins and we used to be friends with everyone and the teachers loved us. And then I hit secondary school and all changed for me. And that's when all my self-worth and beliefs and everything completely shattered because I well I entered a huge school and Mm. a huge world and I found out all different things which I never knew even existed in life and I couldn't I couldn't deal with it I didn't know how to deal with it Um, and then since I built a good friendship and realizing I don't give a you know what what people think anymore I am so much more confident in any way Seriously, yes, I put on an act sometimes. Who doesn't? I can be some crazy la person, <laughs> but that's because I get a little bit, you know. But apart from that, I've really found I've really come into myself. Amazing, and, and relatively young, because sixteen is still a good age to to find your truth. Yeah, I think people go way into their thirties sometimes to yeah. get that. So. Yeah, so I am I am lucky in that sense, and I know that from clients that I speak to that I feel really grateful that I have found myself a lot earlier because, as you said, mid thirties, mid thirties, and onwards still haven't found themselves. So very right. grateful for that. Amazing. And what about you, Talia? What was your childhood like? I had a lovely childhood. My parents are extremely loving. We're all really close. I've got a brother and a sister. And I had that like, like bog standard, what you see in the films, we all love each other. We fight, obviously, but I I didn't have um, any major like bullying experiences or anything like that. I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, but I also feel like I maybe didn't have the most normal teenage life because we moved from South London over to here it was a big change when I was 13 um and I think that my mum is very how should I say like in the nicest way possible overbearing and protective and I just wanted to be at home with my parents all the time And that's fine when you're a child, but when you're like 16 and your friends start going clubbing and having boyfriends, I wanted to be at home. And And you still do. And I still do. (laughs) I feel like um, a lot of people come into their own when they're 16, like Sophie said, or when they go to university and they meet their first boyfriend and then they get engaged and get married. I didn't come into my own and find what I was happiest. This sounds so cringe and this is actually not what I meant. What I mean is, I didn't learn my true self until I became a mother. I think that is what I'm most comfortable doing. 
um, having my own family. And I learned from the way that my parents raised me. And I was very blessed with my upbringing. I'm very conscious of not of not of of making sure that my children want to go out and want to be around their friends when they're older at the moment they're babies it is a bit different but sometimes I say to you Sophie oh my god I've I've overdone it with Blake when she falls over and she hurts herself and I'm like come to mummy mummy kiss it better mummy kiss it better whereas Callie will go flying and Sophie's like up you get come on carry on and I see the difference there from her upbringing to mine and I'm very conscious of not of not doing that to my children as well and making sure that they have their own wings and they live their own life. I don't want them sitting on the couch with me the way I did with my parents watching Coronation Street when I was 17. Corey's blooming brilliant. Yeah, now, now it is. We're old. <laughs> um, so that is something that I've taken from my own upbringing and I want to make sure, and it is a constant work in progress, that I, I'm a little bit tougher with my kids, you know? Most kids, most people want their kids at nursery when they're one, one and a half. I was like, oh my God, I can't send her. I need her to be with me. She's a baby. Now she can let it go. I can't wait for her to go back. But I want I want them to have independence that I think I, I wasn't pushed to have. And it's funny because you, you we're basically saying that we use our own childhood and our own upbringing as a benchmark for what we pass on or what we perceive as the right or wrong thing to do. So you feeling as though you didn't have an independence isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? You you didn't technically suffer as a result or unless you feel like you did. Um, I don't feel like I did. I think my parents felt like I did. I think they felt this immense, like, pressure and guilt all these kids are going out like my mum used to say to me go go clubbing I'm sure you might remember James because yeah we have mutual friends and I was always that one that came home early or, or didn't go at all or faked a sprained ankle because I wanted <laughs> to home. I didn't mind but I do mind for my kids I don't want them to have that um attachment to me that I had with my parents I don't I want them to go out and and live their lives I don't want them to want to be with me my mum used to say to me go and be with your friends it's not you know it's not normal to stay at home with me all the time I wanted to don't yeah. mind Sally will take Blake out I'm sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Blake her first drink but don't you see it with our kids though how different they are how Callie is so she's boisterous and she's strong and like nothing you know she just pushes her way through and gets on with it hurts herself and ca- cries and carries on whereas Blake it's like <laughs> and whinges about it for hours and hours and hours I'm like oh my god I've already done what my mum did <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure I feel like people change so much and like I said at the beginning I am no expert on childhood and child development But I do have an insane passion and interest for it just because of my own experiences of growing up. And ultimately, nothing else really matters as long as your child is happy, right? As long as they're happy, uh, that's happy and healthy, obviously. Yeah. That's all that really matters. And I can only wish, and, you know, I've got a lot of friends now with a lot of kids. Yeah. All I wish for them, and I love them all to bits, is just that they raise their kids to be happy and comfortable in their own skin because there is nothing worse than having, and it's not just like a personal experience, but you see it, like people having things or values imposed onto them. Yeah. Um, 
and they can be whoever they want to be. And I and I just can't help but feel the new generation of people coming into the world are going to be so much more open-minded about things. Yeah. Um, a lot of things are a lot more accepted now. And, and another thing with our blog, especially like the mental health side of things, is people do compare. No question about it. We were looking at a video of mm. uh, Blake the other day who was 20, who was 20 months. She was saying, having full-on conversation sentences so much more developed than Callie. And even though Callie's not a, con- a massive concern right now because she's still very young, I still compare. Mm. I still compare on Instagram when I look at, pe- look at kids that are the same age as Callie and they are so much more advanced than her. And that is a really down a, a bad effect of social media because yeah. you compare no matter when people say oh don't compare you don't you, you do you're, you're human you know you do so when it comes to things like that you, it, it, it can happen yeah I, I, but even even without instagram you would have compared anyway because you would have had this group of friends with kids and you would have been like oh it, uh, is your kid crawling yet is your yeah. kid eating yeah. yet blah 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 yeah so, so what is the end goal bonded by babies? Like what, what's next? You've okay, talked so about red carpet, <laughs> our own hairstylist, our own makeup artist. No, I'm joking. We I'm a celeb. One. Well, <laughs> maybe it depends how much they offer me. <laughs> we we? We're just enjoying it. We're just taking each day. We could turn around and say after in a month's time, we're done. Yeah. We could, you know, there's no pressure with it. There's no pressure. And that's why I think it's just really genuine and organic. Yeah, because there is no, th- there's no try hard. Like there's some accounts that you look at and good for them. They're going for it. But it's like, okay, you're trying that. You're trying to get somewhere. Whereas we're just, we're just having fun with it. Yeah. And, and, and that's obviously where we've built our collection because we, we were relaxed about it. We tried it out. If it was going to work, it was going to work. And if it didn't, hey-ho. Fortunately, it's working, but you don't know what's going to happen in four weeks' time. There might be a new competitor that takes over the whole entire market and we're pushed back. Mm. So we're just really relaxed about it. I think the reason we are as well, obviously, is because we have our own businesses. We we have our own work, but it we just we bond. All we're doing is bonding by babies. <laughs> we're bonding together. We're bonding our relationship. We're bonding our kids' relationships, and that's what it's all about. So the the collection, something I'm interested in is why did you decide to keep the the collection separate to the main page? We did a vote. Well, we did. On, we initially we didn't. No, that's we true. had it. We merged it, and then we didn't want a plate on our grid. Yeah, yeah. We enjoy our. We like our content, and then just having a suction plate on there was just a bit. It, it just completely changed the dynamic. I, of I love that. But it's but now we now we've got two blogs that we have to run. We've now well, got a collection page and and our blogging page. We launched the collection when I was eight months pregnant. I think you were nine months. I think I was nine months. Yeah, I was about nine months pregnant, and I was very much more on the fence about it than Sophie was because I was about to have another baby in the middle of a pandemic and move house. And I just thought there is absolutely no way I can take on anything else. And Sophie being Sophie, don't worry, I've got it. I'll deal with it. I mean, we're six months down the line. She's still dealing with it. I'd say she runs 80% of that business right now. 
I, trust me, honey, the second you're moved in and you're comfortable, <laughs> you're having that because I need my room back. No, yeah. it's, it, we decided to run it. It was it was literally as we went into lockdown in March. It was overnight. We were due in July. Yeah. And we thought, we, let's do something. And we contacted suppliers and from all over the world and we tested maybe about six products. We had literally a handful yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. To see whether they would work, and we launched, and it and it and it took off really nicely. That's kind of what Soph was saying before about Blake being the star of Bonded. Sophie's kind of the star of the collection. Oh, like, thank you. But no, but I'm being serious. Like, we both bring different things to our to our um, package to our empire. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's what I'd like it to be. Yeah. We're just, um, we're just really, really enjoying it. I yeah. love that business side. I love doing the collection. Sophie is really on an entrepreneur. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Entrepreneurial. Yeah. yeah. So like when we, cause we use Shopify, so we get a notification on our phone when we, when we make a sale, I can't even <laughs> tell you that we've made fortunately hundreds of sales, but even today, six months down the line, when that <laughs> ping goes, I'm like, <laughs> like I just love it's the most satisfying noise I and can imagine bringing in income and that's what's more important too so we've got kids to feed yeah yeah absolutely you're hustling you're so, I'm so proud of you both for hustling all the way to the top thank you listen we're coming we're coming to the close and, and one thing that I've asked you both to do is to prepare a little letter uh, and you're both grinning at me now. Um, so, I'm mortified. No, this is such an important exercise. This is something someone told me to do last year or the year before, and I did it. I actually did it during the first lockdown in March um, last year. And I, what, it's such an emotional experience. So like therapeutic, it, I can't even tell you. So therapeutic. And, and someone also, I saw a quote once that was, be the person... The young, your younger self wanted you to be. Yeah, Love um, and it's re- it's really empowering. Anyway, so who would like to go first? I'll go first. I find it really interesting because my letter relates back to a lot of what we've discussed, and and I didn't realise that while we were discussing it. Yeah, same. Actually, this is why it's good to talk. It's funny, even though we're sister-in-laws and we've known each other for years and years and years, these some some things you've said and things you're going to say now. Because we haven't listened to each other's letters, by the way. We thought we would keep it just for tonight. Good, good. Um, but I didn't know half the stuff that Talia's saying, and she's not going to probably know half the stuff because you just kind of put things away because you want to store them. But actually, today when I read my letter out, I got a bit emotional. And that's really unlike you. That's really unlike me. So I do not know what I'm going to be like tonight, but Talia, you go first. Okay, I'm going to go first. I, I don't think <clears throat> I proofread mine because the kids were around and I hope, I hope it makes sense to you guys. A letter to my former self. This is a letter to my former self, but also to my future self. I grew up next door to my grandparents, which is funny because we're moving into the house next door to my in-laws tomorrow. So my children will also grow up in the house next door to their grandparents. My grandparents' house was obviously my second home, as you can imagine. I stayed there all the time, had dinners there, went there after school, had playdates there. We even lived there for a while between moves. It was my happy place. I adored my grandparents and we were all extremely close. My grandma was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer when I was 10 and died very soon afterwards. It was a tragic loss for my family and we were all broken. In trying to protect me, 
my parents told me that my grandma had had the flu. I understand now, being a mother myself, why they did that. They were as caught off guard with her diagnosis as I was. They didn't think about the effect that might have on a child. And to be honest, I only recently discovered the effect it had on me. The flu is something I understood as a child. The behaviour around my grandma's death was something I had never experienced. My family was broken and I was so confused. My year six teacher had recently had the flu, took a few days off school and came back. She was absolutely fine. I heard about the flu on TV. I saw it on TV. I heard about it on the radio. I'd been exposed to it all my life without even realising. A few months later, my dad was bedbound with the flu and I felt a horror rush through my body as I relived the trauma we'd all been through. Everyone around me carried on with their daily lives, including my mum, as normal, and I just lay awake at night listening to every cough and sweating. I made peace with losing my grandma as much as you can, but the terror I felt every time someone said they felt fluey haunted me. Fast forward a few years, and that fear consumed me. As a young adolescent, I think the association I had between generally being unwell and death was too strong, and it held me back a lot in my childhood and teenage years. I think I was frightened of the world, which was ironic given we're currently in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm quite proud of myself that I haven't slipped back into my old way of thinking. But I spent years grappling with anxiety around illness, or so it seemed. Everyone else was out there living their normal teenage lives, and I was at home with my parents. So even though this is a letter to my former self, it also carries through to my future self and the way I conduct myself around my children. I'm very honest with them about pretty much everything. Of course, I protect them as much as I can from adult problems like the pandemic. However, I certainly try not to give false hope to Blake when she has questions and I know the inevitable outcome. If I could go back in time and give myself a life lesson, I think it would definitely be to take each day as it comes, to not overthink everything and put the things I saw as problems or hurdles into perspective. Nothing is too big to overcome and there's always a way around it. That's amazing. Oh. Really that was so well written. Yeah. Yeah, I should be a writer. Are you crying? No, I've got an itch. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But it's interesting <clears throat> that you were asking me those questions and I didn't I didn't make that connection until you brought up the letter because I'd actually forgotten about it. Yeah, I mean I I just feel like so much of our childhood carries into adulthood, like so much of it. Uh, and I just wish on, you know, when we look back, we remember the good times and we see, and we picture ourselves running around the playground and stuff. But in reality, there was so much anxiety, especially as we've got into like teen years. And I just wish someone then would have said like, take each day as it comes. Nothing is too big to overcome, just like, just like you said. Yeah, and we spent hours. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. And I guess that is what childhood... Someone... I heard... A, I actually heard a podcast. It was Robbie Williams in Fern Britain. I love Williams. Um, Yeah, he's amazing. And he, he, he summed it up as you spend your first, you spend, you have fun in your first 20 years and then you spend the next 20 years trying to overcome the issues in the first 20 years or something like that. Yeah. That is so true. Sophie. Okay, my thought was long, but um, here we go. I really hope I don't get emotional because I'm really not a very emotional person. But I hope you do. It's actually yeah, I'm doing this anyway. Okay, to my younger self. So I'm I'm now I'm I'm doing it as if I'm talking to my younger self now. Okay. Yeah. So okay, to my younger self, you are now going to be facing a lot of challenges. 
from being mo- the most popular and loved by everyone everyone at primary school, secondary school is going to be a hell of a lot different. You are going to be entering a world where you can learn a lot about life and find out about who people finding out about who people really are. You will be facing some really severe challenges in regards to bullying. <sighs> I don't even know why. Okay. Religion will be the main cause of bullying. Don't be afraid when people ask to touch your skin because they've never met a Jewish person before. Let alone seeing one in person. Don't be afraid when they pull your hair asking if you're wearing a wig because that's what those Jews wear. Ignore those nasty and hurtful comments. You'll feel alone. You will feel like the odd one out. You will feel secluded. You will be eating lunch in the toilets on your own. And you will just ignore the abuse that you receive on the school bus every single day. You decide that enough is enough. And you get off that school bus and you tell your parents you will never ever return back to that school again. And that's exactly what you did. You will then find, so what you believe, the man of your dreams, who you will marry, have kids with and be your first and last love. How wrong will you be? This boy will shatter any sort of trust you have rebuilt from your past experience and make you hit rock bottom. The person you will become will be out of control. You will open your arms up to anything that that you believe will make you feel better. Attention from men, being influenced by friends to try and do things you never thought you ever would. You will thank yourself for all these past hell experiences you, you have faced because you will become the best person of yourself. And trust me, you will get there. I, I can't believe it. That was really good for me to let out. I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it made you cry. But I mean, I'm certainly quite moved. I've got shivers all over me and so much of it resonates with me as well. So, you know, thank you for being vulnerable. Um, did it feel better? Did, how, how was that process for you? I couldn't get into any school because I left in year eight, summer of year eight. And obviously from year nine, they were looking to start out all the GCSEs. I even gave abusive letters of religion to Jewish schools, to headmasters of non-Jewish schools, but who could kind of sympathize and give me a position in a school. No one let me in. I I had no school. I got into my school for music and, and singing. And so I went to an audition, which was the most awful audition I have ever faced in my life. And they gave me a place there. They obviously saw something in me. That school changed my whole world because they put me on stage and made me sing in front of hundreds of people. And this intimidated, low, I don't even know what the words are of who I was, I had to face that huge challenge and get over it and do it. And since then, I've changed my whole mindset. So that school was the best move I could have ever done. I do not know where I would be or who I would be if I stayed in my school that I went to. So, yeah. Do you think you'd be a bully? I don't think I'd be a bully. I think I'd be worrying about my life every single day. Because I was so scared every day. Oh, my God, I can't believe I went so emotional. You should do talks (sighs) in schools. My, I read it to my mum. She's like, you need to write a book because that is nothing <laughs> what, 
my life since then, I, I, we'll, we'll come back to that another time. Well, this is the whole point. This is the whole point of the series. You know, so each one of us, whether we know it, like it or not, have overcome extraordinary challenges. Like some people go on to become multimillionaires and like, fair enough, that's their, that's their measure of success. Other people just get over the trauma and the shame that they were dealt or, the, or that card of hands they, they went through at school and, and they came out a little bit stronger. And that's an extraordinary story because we need to take the wins and life is too short for us to sit here and wallow because we need to celebrate the successes. You know, you guys have built an incredible business, an incredible blog, a community that is loved. You've got tens of thousands of followers. You've got a business you're selling products. Well, well, we're over 10,000, so we can say that. Thank you. Uh, And um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. We've really enjoyed it. Obviously, I've let some emotions out today. Lost our buyers in our flat just to... (laughs) But while we've been on the phone to you, not that this is a brag... We have just got eight sales through. So Way! it's a sign. It's a sign. There you go. Some something good's coming my way, let me tell you. So yeah, all good. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Stay really safe. Lots of love. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Sophie and Tyler, for revealing so much and allowing yourselves to be so vulnerable. If you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're listening from and stay tuned for more episodes that will be released weekly. In the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you soon.